Thank you guys for tuning into the Dope Vision Experience Podcast. Your boy Frank Nitty. I'm back for another episode. And I appreciate you guys clicking on this button, giving me the opportunity to share with you my thoughts, and my opinions. Man, but this, you know how it is. This goes down for my mini series, you know, my TV reviews. I'm actually watching the shot right now. We're on season four, episode four, The Girl from Chicago. Man, if you guys haven't been watching the show, please tap in. You know, click the button, click some of my previous episodes, check some of those out, watch some of the previous seasons so you can know what I'm what I'm talking about. And I don't have any spoilers for you. So, like I say, man, I'm gonna go ahead and kick this podcast off and like i say always man grab your lighters pull up if you're at the gym do extra set for your boy you're in the car you're in the train turn me up let's get it Thank you guys for sticking around to the Dope Vision Experience Podcast. Your boy Frank Nitty. Man, let's go ahead and kick this episode off, man. The season four, episode four. Man, we start off with Tiff, man. She getting pleased. She's on the bed. She's in that moment. She's actually look like she's about to have an orgasm. She's getting it in. And then we all of a sudden, we think that it's going to be her husband because we know that they've been having issues. But we also think that it could be the new little boyfriend that she got that she's been serving weed to. But she's been actually been sexing on the side with this open marriage concept that they're having. And we, lo and behold, pop up out there between the legs at the edge of the bed. It's the new boyfriend, man. And she out there having her time of her life. She living her best life. And then we cut to the scene where we see, you know, saying the hubby. We see Emmett. You know, he got him a girl. They up at the crib. He getting slurped up and he chilling on the couch, but he looking up at the ceiling watching paint dry because he's thinking about his wife, man. He's so not into it. She's she's living it. She's having the best time of her life. She's exploring. She's enjoying what she she's enjoying her new relationship with the new guy she's actually working, she's been hustling with or you know, serving with. Now, all of a sudden, she getting served up by him, and, you know what I'm saying, she is enjoying it, but, you know, Emin on the other side, he's just not enjoying this at all, man. He really miss his wife. He know he fucked up, and she could possibly be gone, you know, to a guy that's been, that she's been serving weed to, that he thought he should have been worried about, and she told him not to worry about it at any, any point in time. So, if you ever have a girl tell you don't worry about a guy, trust me, be worried about him, because something can possibly go down as soon as she fuck, as soon as you fuck up, or something happens. So we actually we cut to the next scene where we see, you know, we had we had the threesome that kind of went down on um, the season the episode before where you had uh, you know Duda and you had Tracy. She can't she was actually in the house and they're kind of coming through with the wife all of a sudden. She said she enjoys to watch, and we kind of cut that scene last last episode. So now we come to the aftermath of that. You know, the day after, you know, she comes, Tracy comes tipping downstairs, thinking she's gonna get out the house early. And lo and behold, the wife is just sitting there at the table eating breakfast, waiting for her to come down and let her know that, hey, look, you, you landed a big fish. And she didn't, she was unaware of what she did. She was like, you sleeping with the mayor. So you know, everything changes now. You know, you, you now you, she tell her, lets her know she's involved with the politics because there are people downstairs who are upset at him about the the police and they got the building surrounded and she doesn't know what to do so of course the wife is going to school and school her through it but you know she's got an altered ulterior motive in her head what she's going to do so now we kind of cut to the next scene where we're showing uh where we're showing kevin you know he's been of course he's been going through a lot of stuff in his mind you know he's been going through a sister getting kidnapped you know she, he shot a guy once before and now with after the kidnapping and the sister getting pregnant by the guy who who kidnapped her and raped her and brutalized her the mom has been really tight on Kev. You know, she's been really over his shoulder, holding on tight. And he's been like really stressing about it because he's been like, man, I can't do anything without them being on my shoulder. They're watching over me. They got the tight grip over him. And he's like really kind of having a tough time right now. He's not doing good in his relationship with his friends. He's not having a good relationship with his girlfriend. He's, you know what I'm saying? He's having trouble at school. He's drinking. He's smoking. He's just kind of in a situation where he feels lost and he feels trapped. 
And so, you know, while they're at therapy, he's kind of talking, they're having, they're talking through situations and he finally decides to open up and wants to, the therapist kind of hit on a topic like, you know, about freedom. He was like, man, you guys just been over my shoulder. You guys, you know, too tight. And so now mom has the opportunity to kind of like, you know, tell the truth and let her know that she is worried. She's concerned. She's so scared that he's going to they're going to be found dead. Of course, after what happened to her daughter go missing for, you know, several weeks at a time and then she comes back pregnant. You know, she's going to feel some type of anxiety. She she's feel some type of, you know, scared. She's scared that, you know, when he goes outside, he might not come back. She's scared that he might die. So, of course, she's going to tighten up the grip and be over him a little bit more. And she's been more or less smothering him. And he feels that pressure and that, that pressure has trickled down into his life into his relationship again like with his friends and his, his girlfriend because he doesn't have any freedom like he had before because of something that happened to his sister it's trickled down to him because his mom is just being you know protective she, but she's being overly protective right now where it feels like it's smothering him so while they're at the therapy session they come up with a solution to you know put trust back in him because they want to trust him and he feels like he should be trusted and they're having this moment and they're trying to figure out hey look how can you how can we change this for you what can we do for you and he's like hey i need a little bit more freedom and the therapist say hey let's try to do this because i think in the past he just wasn't trustworthy he was always getting in trouble and she just didn't want to believe him but she told him hey look we do believe you we do trust you and so the therapist got them to the degree say, hey, look, we're going to give you an opportunity to to gain their trust by, you know, coming in at a decent hour and, you know, being able to come home and not getting in trouble. And he's agreed to that. So now he feels like he have his freedom. So now we see what Duda, he's at the high school with, with Gemma and Jake, because, of course, you know, he decided to open up on her show at the high school to tell about the situation that happened between him and the police officer when he got brutally beat up by the police officer. So, of course, Duda comes to the high school, you know, after that situation because it went down live on their TV show, you know, and she wanted to let him know that, hey, look, this is real. I want you to open up. I want you to tell about the situation. So. Duda comes out from within the office with the principal. And of course, he's trying to get Gemma to, you know, silence Gemma by taking her show. And, you know, and Jake is not not happy about that. They're both like, no, why should I get why should I be silenced because of the brutality that happened to the young black king that we have? And she stands up for herself. And she is not going for them to be able to just barely just take a show from her just because of she's speaking out. But if she was speaking on any other topic, it'll be OK to talk about. But they talk about having Black Lives Matter because they wanted to um, get the get the story out there. You know, they want to let him know his side of the story. He opened up about what's happening out there in the streets. And she wants to be she wants to be real and talk about the real things that's happening because she is pro black. And she has that agenda that she wants to you know get off to the people like, hey, look, we are to be protected at all costs. And I want them to be protected by telling them our stories. As long as we're not telling our stories, we feeling OK. And that's how she feels with the principal. We're like, hey, look, I just want I want to take the show off a couple of weeks and let it calm down. And she's like, no, fuck that. And Jake's like, no, we're not going we don't care about that. So they decide to knock the take what the uh the principal was offering them and they walk out now we move on to you know imani you know she's trying to play the good cop and she wants to save this young girl who's actually been sex trafficking and being pimped out in chicago by the guy nook she's really trying to step up to the plate and she wants to save this girl and save her from being pimped out and so she meets her in the store gives her a cell phone and tell him hey meet me at meet me tonight give me a call and then we're going to uh, get you away from this do you have somewhere to go she doesn't have anywhere to go she's like no we'll figure it out don't worry about it and so imani gives her the phone and 
and she's like, hey, look, I got to get out of here because he's watching us. And he know, and she knows that, you know, he knows everything about her. You know, he's going to keep tight reins on her because, you know, that's what he does. You know, he's trying to make sure that she keeps producing for him and keeps making money for him. But the money feels some kind of way. She knows that, you know, she has to get this young girl out of the situation because she doesn't want to be in it, but she doesn't know how to get out. So she's going to be the one to try to get there and save her. So now we kind of move on. We kind of still worried about Keisha and what Keisha's going to do with the baby. And so she now she has some new, you know, people coming over to the house that wants to, you know, you know, put their offer in to try to adopt the baby. But she's going to do a screening for herself and kind of have a, a sit down with them. And they're talking about, you know, her and she's asking them some questions. And of course, they can't have kids. So they've actually been adopting kids and they have a few kids already. Keisha's still kind of feeling kind of weary about it. She's wondering, like, is this the couple? And she's like asking them, like, why are you guys continually want to, you know, adopt kids? And because they haven't been able to have kids and he had low sperm count and she had uh, something well, ovarian where she had to have some things taken care of where she can't have kids anymore. So their thing is to adopt kids. And so they're excited. They want to give Keisha the, the best impression that they possibly can, but Keisha's still not like feeling it. She just is not sure who should she give the baby to? She know that she wants to give the baby up for adoption, but she doesn't know who she wants to give the baby up to. So she's doing a, a tight screening on all the people that come into her life that they've actually placed in front of her to try to see place the baby in a great home. She wants she always wanted somebody to have. She wanted the baby to have a father and a mother in the house. She didn't want them to be divorced or anything like that. They seem very genuine because they have other kids already. But of course, Keisha feeling weary. She might think that hey, they may be using the kids. They could be doing something just to abuse the kids. They could just be getting all these adopted kids just because she don't know the reason but she just doesn't feel totally 100 comfortable and as they get ready to leave they're excited they tell her you know that's a blessing you know that's god's hand and he, she's like what god had nothing to do with that and he's like yes he did he has he had everything to do with it because you decided to keep the baby that's the first step in actually believing and so that kind of puts something on her mind because she doesn't believe that that baby was uh, placed upon her for any type of reason other than evil because the guy, you know, he kidnapped her, he raped her, and he brutally brutalized her while he had her in captivity. And so she doesn't feel that God had anything to do with that, but they kind of enlighten her and let her know about that, why why that baby is a, 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 a gift from God, because it's not necessarily because they can't have kids, but they look at other kids that need to be placed with someone as a blessing to them. So that's their motive as one to be able to go out and adopt kids. So Gemma and Jacob with their friends and they're at the auditorium and they're trying to figure out what they can do. What kind of impact can they make because they're trying to take their show away from them? They feel like their voice are not being heard and they're trying to figure out a way to make their voice be heard. You know, after the especially after their their comments aren't that he made on his TV show talking about the police brutality that's happening in the neighborhood and why they say fuck the police because they actually mean fuck the police. So they come up with an idea of saying, hey, look, man, let's do a walkout. Let's do a walkout in third period. And in comes Kev and Kev's like, what are you guys doing? She's like, look, we're going to stage a walkout. And he's like, what do you, do you think that's the best uh, thing to do? You think we should be, you know, doing walking out? People going to get in trouble. Like, you know, they're going to call the police. She's like, what? Nobody's going to call the police. She was like, look, you know, well, people like me and Jake, we don't have, you know, money to get bailed out of jail. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, if we get messed up, we get go back to our neighborhoods and we have nothing where you, you'll spoil a little black girl, you'll be able to get out. And that kind of hit her to the core. And she's like, look, I'm trying to do something positive around here to make our voice be heard, but you're worried about yourself. And that's, that's basically what Kevin's worried about. He's worried about 
about his his freedom that he just got. He was like, look, man, I got my new freedom. I'm trying to actually enjoy it. I don't want to get any trouble. I just told he basically told him in therapy he's not going to get any trouble and he's going to he wants a little bit more freedom. And so he feels like this is actually going to get his freedom taken away from him if he gets in trouble immediately after he said he's not going to get in trouble. But they don't see that. They just see, hey, look, you're not down for the cause. You're not down for us. And Jimmy can kind of see that they're breaking apart because they're on opposite sides of this. He wants to keep it cool and play a cordial where she want to shake things up and make some noise and jake is like man he's kind of leaning towards Gemma. he kind of sees that kevin is kind of falling to the wayside and that's just kind of like what's what's basically kind of drawing them together you know they at first they used to be at odds with each other all the time but now they kind of see that they have something in common and it's drawing them closer together whereas when before they really they weren't really you know they were always clashing with each other so this could be what drives them together while all the time is pushing her and uh, Kevin away from each other. You know, that that's something that's really special to her, that she really she really is about that. And she sees that Kevin's not really with that. You know, that that's kind of pushing her them away from each other, whereas at the same time, it's drawing her and Jake closer together. Because, like I said, they do have a common goal at this point now. They both want to shake things up. They're tired of playing a good little soldier. They want to do things different. They want to make noise. They want to make see some change. So we now we cut to where Keisha is now having dinner and she's sitting down with Tiff and they're kind of talking about, you know, what's going on. And she can see that something's wrong and she knows that her and her and uh, Emma are actually they're off right now. And she knows something about it. And she's like, hey, what's going on? Tell me what's up. She's like, what do you mean? Get out of my business. She's like, man, I know we shared that. We shared that name before. So we know I know what's up. And so she's about to let her let her know that they have a different type of relationship now. And they're about to she's about to reveal to her that they have a little, more, a little bit more of an open marriage. But he comes in, he interrupts it like, hey, what are you guys talking about? Because he's insecure. He knows he, he feels that his girl is actually his wife is sleep, slipping away from him because of a mistake that he made. And so he sees her over there talking to Keisha and he knows that it's going to come out at some point that they have an open marriage and that she has to like he has to get he feel like he has to get reins on this because he's not happy. He's unhappy about it. So they haven't really talked about it. She just basically say that she wants an open marriage and she just goes off and starts smashing her a new dude and he kind of does this thing but they haven't put out any guidelines and so she shakes him up takes him in the back hey look we need to talk about this like we need to figure out like what's going on we need to set some boundaries on this right now he knows that she's out smashing the dude that she been selling weed to and she knows that he brought somebody over and he knows the girl that he brought over a chick that she used to work with and he's like well, hey look you can't be smashing nobody that i used to work with at my house on my couch where we raise our kids and he's like look i can't be i don't display myself to you. you we say we had open marriage this is what it is and she's like no she's trying to have her cake and eat it too she wants to be able to go out and do what she wants to do to make herself feel better but then she also wants to control what he does she was like look you gotta figure we gotta figure this out we gotta put up some kind of boundaries and he's like look man this is what you want this is kind of what it's going to be and she's like no we got to have some kind of rules when it set this thing up and like i said she's doing this off the fly and off the cuff because she just wanted to shake it up and kind of be different because she was hurt and she didn't know how to express that she just got tired of going through that and you know she just wanted to do something different and something came across her uh, her attention when she actually you know met a, a, a couple that was in her tasting and now they kind of gave her the ideal and she's ready to run with it and so she wants to kind of like i said she wants to have her cake and eat it too and he's like nah it can't be like that he really wants her to just cut it out and come back home, but she's not ready to do that yet. She wants to continue to do what she wants to do, and she wants to quit at her own terms. She doesn't want to be forced to be, you know, forced to quit on his terms because she wants she wants to feel like she's doing it for her. So when she's done doing it, then she'll come back home. And when she's actually she's done hurting him, because I think this is a way for her to kind of get back at him and hurt him and make him feel the pain. And she know that this is feeling the pain while at the same time it's enjoyable to her. She enjoys it. She actually likes to do. She likes him. So no, that's why she keeps 
going back for seconds and thirds as he said he's like you must have something that he that you he liked because you keep going back for seconds and thirds and she's like look i don't want to hear this right now we'll talk about this later because she knows that he probably hit he has some this must be some truth in there because you know who continues to go back and keeps smashing the same dude because at the same time she's saying like hey look you want me to keep going out here and you want me to smash random dudes you know what i mean you want me to continue to go out here and get multiple dudes and then we really have an issue or you want me to do one and so that made him think about it. He was like, look, I don't want nobody. So he wants her to come back home. He wants to end this. So now we cut to where, where Iman is supposed to be waiting on the, the young girl, but she never shows up. She's waiting in a G-Wagon, hoping that she shows up. Eventually she doesn't show up and she pulls off and she leaves. So now we cut back to the scene where we see Gemma and Jake, they're actually stuffing the lockers, letting people know that they're gonna walk out, they're putting flyers up, and they, they actually, you can see that they have a, a a different type of relationship now that they're going through something. And this is where you see that that, that, that relationship where it's actually changing. They can see that, you can see that relationship actually going from aggressively talking to each other all the time negatively to actually talking to each other positively, positively because they have something in common now. And uh, up comes Jake. Jake comes up to her because he because she's basically been, you know, ghosting him. And he's kind of like letting her know, like, look, man, I, I want to be with you. You know, I want you to I want to I want to go down with this route with you. But I just don't want to get in trouble, man. You know, I just got my freedom. Gemma is a it this way. She's like, look, it's it's basically you're not. She feels like he's not standing up for her and she's not. He, she, he's not being there for her and he's just kind of using a cowardly look. But you got to see it from both sides, man. She doesn't know what's going on in his household and she he doesn't know exactly what's going on in her world because like i said they've been on opposite sides for a while now you know she, he's been at home he's been going through a lot and he just want to kind of just be free and he, as soon as he try to figure out he can get that freedom in comes the trouble and he can see it but she doesn't care about that right now she just sees it like hey look he's not down for me and i don't know if i can continue to rock with him if he's not down with me and that's that young that young mindset young relationships where you know it's like you either down with me or you're not down with me you can't actually she's not putting herself in his shoes and he's not putting himself in her shoes they're just kind of like at odds right now and they're kind of splitting splitting hairs and at the same time you can see jake is actually in the middle of it you know he's actually once he kicking it with Gemma, and he likes he feels comfortable with Gemma now because she's taking an interest in him and his needs and what he's basically been going through because he's never really felt that love from someone before because he never really had his mom he never really had his dad he only had his brothers and, you know of course the situation where his brother got killed and he was living with duda now he's living with his other brother tree so he's had a lot going on when he finally gets somebody that actually cares about him and cares about what he's going through he's actually rocking with her and at the same time him and kevin are kind of you know they're separating their, their, their relationship with their friendship is changing and so you can see that on the screen you can see it being played out and now we kind of we kind of cut to where we see keisha kind of going back to the young lady that you know who tabitha brown which was you know that's in the show and she was the one who was first initially trying to adopt a child from her but of course she didn't want she wanted the baby to be in a two-parent household and because she was going through a divorce she kind of like cut off the the communications with her so she shows up to a job and she goes in and she goes to talk to her and she sees that the the the, the lady she has a lot going for herself she works in a she has a great job she works in a, a high power inf, uh, industry where she's building things she's creating things she's making building and keisha is actually seeing like hey look man this is a different thing like you know she's very 
very she's a very intellectual person. You know, she's able to create things out of her mind. She has an idea. She has a vision and she builds things. She makes things happen. She's a designer. So Keisha was kind of, you know, she's in awe of it because she's never seen a black woman in this type of situation that has this power who's this creative. And so she wants to ask her some more questions. So she wants to get to know her a little bit better. And so she asked her, what do you see in me? You know, what kind of building would I be? She responds by saying, telling her that she will be a tall, sturdy building that can survive any type of natural disaster, fires, hurricanes or tornadoes, anything like that. And let her know that she's a strong black woman. Don't look down upon yourself. And Keisha kind of took this to heart and she looks and she looks at her in her eyes and she just say it to herself. She knows that this might be the one. This might be the one for her. This might be the mother for her unborn child. Hold up, hold up, hold up, man. We're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors. This this week's sponsor is gonna be Printify. Printify is a fast-growing, transparent, print-on-demand network, instantly connecting merchants to major print providers, allowing them to sell custom print products that are printed, shipped directly to the customer. Use promo code DopeVision for 30-day free premium access. Again, use promo code DopeVision for 30-day premium access. When you're ready to get started, make sure you click the link in my show notes, and that's gonna take you directly to the page. This is your boy Frank Nitton. Back to the show. So now we flip back over to the school. We kind of looking at Gemma and Jake and Kev, and we kind of wondering what's going to happen. Are they going to walk out because they've already talked about setting the plan? They're going to walk out at third period. They kind of seeing what looking at each other's eyes, they're waiting for the time, and then all of a sudden, everything the time hits, and Gemma gets up, Jake gets up, Kevin stays in his seat. So you already know what time it is. Gemma, Gemma and Jake on the same page. They get up, they walk out the room. The teacher trying to get them to come back. They decide to go out. They walk out in the hallways. They think a lot of people are going to be there because they actually, you know, put a lot of notices in people's lockers saying they're going to do the walkout and hoping that everybody kind of comes at the same time. And they walk around the corner, walk to the office of the, of the principal. And the only person sitting there is the little white girl. <laughs> and they're wondering, like, where is everybody? What's going on? So you mean to tell me the little white girl had a little bit more, had more confidence in herself than, you know, than, than uh, Kevin himself? Come on, man. Kevin, you gotta do better, bro. Like, I know you want your freedom, but what's the point of having freedom when you don't have anybody to have freedom with? You can't share it with nobody. Your friend's not there, you're not doing anything. You gotta, you gotta stand up for you. You gotta stand up for something, bro. I understand that he wants to, you know, do right by his parents and he's trying to do the right things, but sometimes things are certain, it has to be bigger than you at times, you know what I mean? And this situation is probably big, it's much bigger than him, but he doesn't quite understand yet. You know what I mean? Your buddy got beat up by the police. You know, police brutality may happen all around the country. They're talking about it, They're talking about it on her show. And she gets her show taken away from her just because she wants to talk about it. And so they're now they go to the principal's office. And of course, the principal's not there. And they're wondering, like, what what do we do? You know, what do we do now? The principal's not there. We don't want to hear to make a statement. We can't make a statement because the principal's not here. Man, we blew it. What do we do now? So they go back to their lockers and they're kind of like wondering what's going to happen with the rest of the day. So Jake has this, you know, this fun idea. What he does, he does is get his bag, tell her to get her coat and everything. And he goes and pull the fire alarm. Do what the teenager do. He bounced to school, he leave, him and Gemma kind of hit the streets, they run off, and they kind of just gonna go spend a day together, man. You know, kind of just reflect on what happened, just talk about, you know, the things that they could have done differently and why nobody else kind of came out and supported them for their cause, but they don't care now. He pulled the fire alarm, everybody's outside, he's kind of kicking it with her, they're gonna kind of hit the streets and hang out for the day. Kev's back with the rest of the students, man. They left him, you know what I mean? They left him in the classroom. He didn't decide to leave, so he's kind of like on the outside looking in now. He's pretty much lost Gemma, man. I think she gone, you know what I mean? She didn't stand up. He didn't stand up for her when she needed when he needed her most, and so it's over with. You know, he can he can pretty much counsel the Christmas. He's, he's kind of out there on his own now when it comes to trying to, you know, get her back because she's not feeling him in that way anymore. 
So with Jim and Jake gone, we cut to the next scene. We see uh, Kev, he's back at the restaurant talking to Papa. You know what I'm saying? He's always kind of, kind of confide in Papa and Papa trying to give him some good guidance. And what he let him know, like, like man, she ghosted me. I've been texting her all day. She hasn't hit me back. And so Papa telling her, hey, look, man, you need to come on my podcast. You need to confess, you know, how you went wrong. And then she'll come back, man. But you got to you got to you got to own up to it. You got to take take um, accountability for it and just jump on the podcast and talk about it. And so he's like, man, I don't want to do that. But he's trying to, he pretty much hurt, man. He knows Gemma kind of not rocking with him anymore. He's doing whatever it takes to kind of bring her heart back. But, you know, that's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard fault. So we cut up to the next scene where we see uh, Keisha. She's leaving the office of the lady that she wants to ask some question about the adoption. And all of a sudden as she's leaving, she's having some complications. She's slumped over. You know, it's giving some some pain. So it looks like she might be going into labor. But we don't know what's going to happen yet So they, because they cut to the next scene where we see. Let me get back to Tiff and Emmett. Man, you know they've been having having troubles ever since Emmett confessed that he, you know, he slept with Dom and now she's all kind of like been out of shape about it. But she feels this is an opportunity for her to go out and do what she wants to do. You know, she's 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 set on doing this open marriage thing. And now they're trying to do the turns for her and they're coming together and they're trying to figure out, you know, who they can be with, who they can't be with, what he can do and what, what she can't do. She's she's determined to keep, you know, being with Dante. And he's like not for it. He doesn't want him to be with her. He he wants her to end this all of this madness that she's trying to do. But at the same time, she wants to control and give him limits on who he can be with but he's not really for it he doesn't want her to be with Dante at all he just wants her to come home let them talk about it and kind of get back to the norm but that's not where it's at right now she not she's not feeling him right now she's feeling the new situation they got on they got going and she's really trying to you know make it work for herself and make it work for the both of them until she gets tired of it or something goes wrong we already know how this is going to play out somebody gonna catch feelings and things gonna get real serious and it's gonna end it's not gonna end well for either one of them at the moment, he kind of got to eat that, man. He know he fucked up. He messed up. And so he now he kind of at her mercy for her to give up and come back home. But she's not with it right now. So he kind of got to deal with it until, you know, she's tired of it and she's ready to kind of put it down or something serious, serious happens and she's ready to come home. But until then, he's got to just kind of like take it on the chin because he fucked up. And it's just this is basically his karma. Now we're moving back over here to see what Kev got going on. He's at the restaurant with Papa, and Papa's going live on his Instagram talking to his fans because he got the podcast that's popping. He's doing his thing, and so now he got Kev on there trying to get him to kind of come clean and kind of put his heart out there for Gemma to see. And everybody's on the, on the stream and just giving it to him, like, who is this guy? Who is this loser? He's a dumbass. He looks desperate. Which man, he just kind of like lost as a little. He, he lost as a kid right now, man. He he kind of didn't stand up with her when she wanted him to be there for, her, and he kind of stayed in his seat and do the walkout. And she kind of like not feeling that right now, and so he kind of like doesn't know what to do. She won't talk to him. She's ghosting him. He's sending a text message. He's calling him, and she's not getting no response. And so he just doesn't know what to do. And so he feels like going onto this podcast and being live and putting his heart out there, letting know how how she feels or how he feels, and it's gonna change things. But he just don't know, man. Gemma is already kind of backdooring him, talking to his homeboy. They're having fun. They're relating. They're out on the street together. So we, who knows how that's gonna turn out. So his money is totally fed up with the trap house and the, the sex workers that being, you know, tossed around in there and doing who knows what in there. And so she's down at the community center talking to Tracy and trying to get them to kind of do something about it because she knows that if they continue to be in there, something, you know, they're going to be trapped and some of them are going to die. Something's going to happen terrible with them because she's really hurt behind the girl not showing up the other night when she was trying to get her to get the phone to kind of run away with her, trying to free her from that trap house. But, you know, it's just not happening right now. 
you know, and she's talking to Tracy to try to get the community activists to kind of go down and do something about it because she's like, hey, if you don't do something about it, I'm going to do something about it and I'm going to make it real loud. And this is not the time that she wants to make any noise because they're trying to do things on their own. They don't have the backing of the police anymore. And so they're trying to make it so that they handle all the issues themselves and they don't have to go to the police for anybody because they defund the police. They don't. The police thinks that they can't do it without them. And so therefore, they're trying to do their best to kind of like man the fort, hold down any domestic violence or any kind of disputes that come up. They can handle it themselves without the police. And with her being able to to kind of be involved with what's going on at that trap house, she really wants to shut down. She wants the girl out of there. But the community activists, they they just don't they don't have the manpower for it. They don't have the training for it. They don't have the back and forth. So they try to do their best to try to figure out ways to get these girls free. Money just continued to put pressure on Tree to do something about it because she just wants the girls freed and she knows that, you know, if this doesn't happen, she's gonna have to do it her way and her way is gonna be loud. And Trig is like, man, what am I supposed to do? And so Tracy tells him like, hey man, how are you gonna try to protect the block and your house not in order? And they kind of put something on his mind. So now he has to go talk to Nook to see what he can do about getting the girl freed. So now we pan back to Keisha and we kind of see her in the hospital and kind of see what's going on and what's causing the issue and why is she in so much pain? So the doctors in the hospital, they're trying to run some tests on her and they come back and say her blood pressure high. And normally they try to do this to black women because they don't want you to give any choices. They try to figure out the least amount of effort possible to try to figure out what's, def what's definitely wrong with you. And so they're trying to induce her. They're trying to induce her early and trying to get her, force her to have the baby now when it's not due, when the baby's not due. She's probably, still has weeks before the baby's due and inducing her some of the things that they're trying to do what they haven't really properly test her and see what's going on and she's there with the young lady with the young lady who's trying to adopt a baby and they're trying to figure out what to do the mom the mom's there and she's trying to you know trying to calm her down and trying to have, make the best decision possible because the doctor just kind of, she came into the ER, the doctor said, hey, this is what's going on. This is what we need to do to solve the problem. Let's go ahead and induce her. But that's what they do to black women. They don't really take the time and try to figure out and run multiple tests after multiple tests to try to figure out what they're doing without going to the extreme first. You know what I mean? This is what they do to us. So then we pan back to where Dre and she's there with Jada. She's at our treatment. And so, you know, Dre is kind of feeling some kind of way because she's like, look, we got to go ahead and tell somebody what's going on because I can't keep tiptoeing around and not not telling my wife what's going on. And Jada's like, look, just give me time. Let me tell Emmett first. And she wants to tell Emmett, but Emmett's not really in the position where he wants to hear what she has to say because he's still up in, up in arms about, you know, the, the guy that she's with, you know, the guy that she, you know, he went to high school with and she's now sleeping with and he doesn't want to hear anything about them being together so anytime he's around and the mom wants to talk to him he gets all furious so they have to figure out what's going on and kind of get come to a common ground where she can go ahead and talk to him and tell him what's going on because also dre just has to you know she has to continue to be there for her because nobody else knows but her her and dre and so when she figures out you know she gets the strength to tell them about what's going on that's when they will you know definitely kind of all come together and but at, but during this time it's just it's kind of weird because dre is just kind of ditching her wife not letting her know what's going on and she's going to start to get concerned because she's at the hospital with keisha and she's just calling her and calling her sending her messages and it's going to voicemail and you know the, the mom is the wife is just like yeah but something's going on in in the, in the female intuition she already knows that something's going on in the background so now we come, we kick it back to see where with uh, what Gemma and Jake are doing. They're at the restaurant. They're talking, and of course, you know they've been out all day together. It's now nighttime, and you know Gemma gets an eyelash in her eye, and Jake goes over to to pull it off, and she blows it, gives him a kiss, and now they've kissed. But she made a wish. You know Jake asked her what she wished for, and she said she couldn't tell him. And he said, "I know what your wish was. 
to be my girlfriend. And so now they kiss again. And then, and then you go back and think about that, man. You know, Jake kind of broke the bro code. No matter what happened, man, you can't break the bro code, man. You got to always stay true to the homie. You can't be on the homie, homie girlfriend, no matter the situation. But, you know, them little young kids, they figure it out and they have to learn the hard way. But in the beginning, you can never break the bro code, man. You can never, you can never go, you know, holler at your homeboy girlfriend, even when she's done, even when y'all done talking, man. Y'all gotta just let it go. She's just one off. She's one of the fish that's in the sea that you can't have, man. Cause that was with your, that's your homie girlfriend, man. That's your best homie. So there's no way you should be back doing them, going back and hollering this girl behind his back. Man, shout out to Squarespace. I use them every single day for my website, for my photography. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't promote anything that I wouldn't do myself. Squarespace is trusted by the world's best because it empowers people with creative ideas to succeed. From websites and online stores to marketing tools, analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence. Squarespace is the leader in the website design. Stand out online with a professional website, online store, or portfolio. With Squarespace, you can turn any idea into a reality. Choose from award-winning templates, customize the design to fit your personal styles and professional needs, drag and drop images onto your site, and easily move, add, and delete pages. Easily change font, colors, and page configuration, present your work with professional portfolio designs, display projects in customizable galleries, and password-protected pages to share private works with clients. Get 24-7 help from the Squarespace customer service support team, unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and enterprise-grade infrastructure. Squarespace is the best place to start an e-commerce brand and grow. Whether you're just getting started or already selling products, Squarespace has everything you need to power your store and grow your business. Your customers can manage their cart and check out easily without leaving the store. Accept payments with Stripe, PayPal, Apple Pay, and Square. Manage local tax rates and shipping costs. Squarespace has marketing tools to help you grow your business and your audience. Drive traffic to your website and measure your success with powerful marketing and analytical tools. Squarespace has integration with all the leading social platforms so you keep customers up to date with the latest from your website and even buy products directly from Instagram. Highlight important announcements like seasonal sales or holiday hours with intuitive banners and promotions. Analyze and optimize with Squarespace analytics. From a single interface, get insight into your visitors and their behavior through visual reports covering statistics like page views, conversions, popular content, and more. Squarespace has transparent and affordable domain purchasing, upfront pricing, no hidden fees. If you're not ready to create a website, don't worry. When you register your domain with Squarespace, Squarespace sets up a beautiful spam-free holding page while you finalize your vision. When you're ready to create your beautiful website to promote your business, don't forget about Squarespace and to support the Dove Vision Experience podcast and my YouTube channel. You'll first need to click my link in the show notes, save 10% off your subscription of your website and use my promo code PARTNER10 at checkout. Make sure you use the link in my show notes and put that PARTNER10 in. It's very important. If you're looking to kick off your business and you want to sell merch, if you want to sell t-shirts, hat, cups, or whatever the case may be, and you're not quite sure where to start or how much inventory to, to stash at your house, man, I got a great idea for you. Instead of doing on all that, let's try something different. Let's try a print-on-demand company. If you're really down for that, man, check out Printful. It's a print-on-demand company that makes things a lot easier for you. It handles all your shipping, handles all your returns. All you have to do is upload your design, pick out the price that you want, and away you go with your marketing. Again, if you're looking for something that's different, do print-on-demand instead of having to stash all those t-shirts and all the inventory at your house. If this sounds awesome to you, man, click the link in my show notes, set up the store, and let me know how it goes. Now let's get back to the show. So Trig rolls up on Nook and he's trying to, you know, figure out where the girl is. He pulled a strap out on him and all the guys are there letting him know, like, look, man, you know, hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't shoot him. And he's trying to get it out. And Nook just looking him in his eyes and letting him know, like, hey, look, you coming here for, for Trinity? Yeah, she ain't here no more, homie. 
you know, and, and so Trigger just kind of like worried, like what could possibly go wrong? He's like, but he let him know, like, look, man, no matter how many guys you got back here behind you, I'm not, one thing about it, I'm not afraid to die while he got the pistol at his head. And so we already know that the girl is gone, you know what I mean? Because Nook, Nook basically, you know, found out at some point he know because he's on top of her at all times because, you know, Trinity already said he's like, man, she he's always watching me. He's always doing this. He's always doing that. So therefore, you know, he's on top of every little thing that she do. He got on a time schedule. He go into the store. She comes out at a certain time. She, she's supposed to be this, this, at this point at a certain time, be at this point at a certain time. And so anytime he knows something's off about it, he's going to know about it. So now we cut back to the hospital scene where we see, you know, the, the lady who's trying to adopt a kid. And then we also see um, Keisha's mom there and Keisha they're there with the baby. They're trying to figure out, like, you know, why don't we just go ahead? The doctor said we should induce. We're going to go ahead and induce. And Keisha's like, well, that's what they said, man. We should go ahead and do it. That's what I think we should do. And so the lady is like, hey, look, hold up before we do this, man. I've been through a lot of, you know, a lot of situations where, you know, the doctors don't always know. We should get a second opinion. And before we even get a second opinion, we need to figure out, like, why your blood pressure is so high? Why haven't they done much tests? Why haven't they done much studies? Let's figure out something. And, she, and so she goes out and asks her, like, hey, you know, what did you eat today? And so Keisha kind of, you know, thinks back what she had for the day and she talks to him. She's like, OK, you had that. Let me let's take a moment. All right. Drink some water. Let them come take your test. And then we're going to come back you know, in an hour. Let them, you know, run your test again and just see what happens. She has a theory what could possibly be going on, but she hasn't made it clear yet. So she just wants them to just be safe um, in all aspects, because, of course, she's looking out for Keisha. She's looking out for the baby, but she's just looking out for Keisha's well-being. You know, she has a level head and she's just trying to make sure that, that they cross all the T's and dot all the I's before they go to this stream and just have her induced and have the baby come early when the baby still will probably have to be in an incubator for another few weeks or however long she has to go before the baby's born. And so now we we pan back over and we see where uh, Emmett, he's going to his mom house because he needs to talk. He always goes to her when he needs to talk. And he knows that his mom has been wanting to talk to him about something, but they haven't been able to talk. And so he goes to the house and he sees her in the bathroom and she's over in the toilet and she's just throwing up, you know, the boyfriend's there. And she finally kind of comes, comes to come clean and trying to tell him what's going on. She's like, Emmett, I have cancer and it's aggressive. And so he's just like stunned. He doesn't say anything. The camera pans in on him and he's just in in devastation mode. He's shocked. He doesn't know what to say. He doesn't know what to do. And so he just like freezes. So now we pan back to the, the hospital room where Keisha is. And all of a sudden, her blood pressure's gone down. And the doctor's kind of looking kind of silly. And so, you know, at that moment, Keisha knew that she's the mother. She She's the one who's going to look out for the baby. She's going to be for the well-being. Her blood pressure just a little high from the things that she ate for the day. And the doctor didn't even try to go through the whole um, the, the whole standard procedure asking, hey, what did you eat today? What were you doing today? You know, what, they didn't try to get to the root cause of what could have been causing her blood pressure to go up instead of just she coming to the hospital, her blood pressure up, and then just let's go ahead and induce. But what came out to be is she, she basically was having Braxton Hicks, you know, and these are the things that happen that feels like the like a con contraction, but it's not necessarily contraction, but it just feels like the baby's coming. It's just one of those things that happen when women have when they have pregnancy. They have, you know, it's like a, a false labor type thing. I'm not going to explain all of it to you, but it just like feels like labor and it feels like, you know, like you're about to have the baby, but it's not there. It's not time yet. It's just called what is called Braxton Hicks. So, you know, we kind of cut back and we kind of go back to Kevin and he's still trying to figure out, you know, what, what to do about Gemma and what he should what he should do. He's going to get some flowers. He's going to go you know, do the right things for her. he's going to try to go make up any kind of any kind of way possible. But as he calling her, 
he she's still out with uh, Jake, and she's wondering like, man, after we just kiss, what should we do? What can we? What should we do? We should we should tell him. And he's like, man, I, and he comes <laughs> Jake being Jake, like, man, I don't know what what you want to do. And he's like, man, I don't know. You the girlfriend. And so, you know, he just being himself as he always has been. And she thought that he was going to change just because they kissed. And so all of a sudden, so what she does, she just walks away because she's in a, she's in a situation now, you know, she was with, she was with Kevin. That was her boyfriend. But now she, you know what I'm saying? She kissed Jake and she doesn't know what to do. She's a confused young woman at this moment because her feelings are all wrapped up and they got caught up in the motion. And now she doesn't know what to do. So Dre's home, Keisha's back home with the mom, with Nina, and then all of a sudden Kevin comes in and he has the flowers and he gives the flowers to his, his sister, snatch the flowers out of hand, like, you didn't get me no flowers? And so she's like, Nina's like, hey, where were you, where were you, where were you been all day? Like, what's going on? I've been trying to reach you, man. You know, Keisha was in the hospital. She was almost about to have the baby and she kind of freaks out like, oh my goodness, she okay? She's like, yeah, everything's fine. We're just Braxton Hicks. And so now she's like, hey, where were you, where were you all day? Why couldn't I get in contact? He's like, man, you know, I was doing my sessions and when I have my sessions, I have to turn my phones off. And the, and the mom just needed just knows that something's off she knows something not right she knows that she's keeping some type of secret from her but she just doesn't know yet you know what it is and she has a feeling that something's going on her intuition is telling her that something's going on but dre is kind of shaking it off like look it was just my session i had something to do i can't talk when i'm in there i had to have my phone off and so she's kind of giving this excuse and kind of kind of move on and so we kind of cut to the next scene where we see um is kind of come in with the baby he's sitting down he just got the news from his mom you know that she has cancer he's sitting at the table and he's just trying to process it you know, and his wife comes in, kind of figure out what's going on. And she knows she knows him. He's like, how you always know something when, when something's not right? He's like, I've been with you forever. I know I know you. And so he, she comes in, she sits down with him and he finally opens up and let him know that, you know, his mom has cancer and, he, you know, he's really heartbroken. He's crying. And, you know, his mom just she said that. He wasn't ready yet. You know, he was telling Dre, like, why haven't you told me? He, he's just not ready yet. You know, she's like, I know my son. She was like, Dre's like, you're not giving him enough credit. She's like, but I know my son. I know he's not ready. I know he's not ready to be on his own. But he's a grown man with a family and a job. He has his own business. So he has no other choice, you know, especially what she's going through right now. So now we cut to the scene where we see Dre and Nina laying in bed, but Nina can't seem to go to sleep because she knows something going on. And she just laying there with her eyes wide awake, looking in the ceiling, and all of a sudden, Dre's phone goes off. You know, it has a text message from from Jada, and the, Jada, and the message says, thank you for keeping our secret. So you already know that Nina feels some kind of way. She feels like something's going on. She see her best friend texting her wife that they, they got a secret, and she hasn't told her about it, and she just like, and like, wow, I can't believe, you know what I mean? You can imagine the crazy things that's going through her mind. She might definitely think that Jada's sleeping with her wife and they're having type of, some type of affair, but she just doesn't know that her best friend has cancer. And once she finds out, it's really gonna crush her. But at the moment, she just doesn't know what to do because she feels like she's being cheated on by her wife, and with, and especially with her best friend, Jada. And so it's just devastating to her to kind of see that way and it almost confirmed her suspicion that something was going on with Dre all this time anyways. So Trey comes home, he's there with the, with the money, he sits at the table, and he, he already has some, you know, he has some news for her. She's wondering what's going on. He's telling her about, you know, that there was a body that was found, you know, on the other side of town and he had this phone on her. He's like, was, was this the phone that you gave her? And she was like, yeah. And so in that moment, she realized that, you know, the girl is, you know, she's dead. And possibly because of the situation that she put her in, that she was trying to get away. And, you know, Nook found out, you know, killed her, threw a body on the other side of town. And it crushes her because she knows that she played a hand in her in this young, young woman's death by trying to get her free. 
but it's not on her because you know she she was just doing her best she wants to you know help the girl out she don't want to be trapped in a trap house you know doing sex work and things like that but you know at the same time when she came into the picture she knew the young girl was trying to get out and all of a sudden you know nook finds out and she dies your money is heartbroken she walks off from the table she slams the door and she's just devastated because she knows that she played a hand in this young girl losing her life. So that wraps up the episode, man. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I, I enjoyed talking to you guys about it. I enjoyed watching it and bringing it to you guys each and every week. I hope you guys continue to tap in with me. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please go back and tap into some of my previous episodes. And then once we continue to talk about this week in, week out, you know, hit me up. Let's chop it up. Let's make it happen. Like I say always, man, it's collaboration over competition. This your boy Frank Nitty from The Sip. Until the next time, I'm out. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to grab some merch, canvas prints for your home or office, or see the full-length video from this episode, please visit dovision.com. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at dovisionsf. Also, send me an email to someone you'd like to hear on the podcast at dovisionsf at gmail.com. Also, please join the Dovision Club at patreon.com forward slash dovision for early access to the content and some of the behind-the-scenes look of some of the episodes that I create. While you're listening, don't forget to hit, hit the subscribe button and comment on the podcast as well as my YouTube channel and turn on those post notifications so that you'll be notified each and every time I drop a new episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, collaboration over competition. Until next time, this your boy Frank Nitty and I'm out.